Hello and welcome to Captain and the Clown podcast. In this episode, we discuss how to become assertive. It does go for a little longer than 20 minutes. Enjoy. Why did it count backwards? I know that we're now recording. <laughs> what? Hello, Captain. <laughs> what do I Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? I don't know. So, leadership, life and everything else. Yeah. And we're live. No, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> recording and, but we're live, you and me. Yes, yes, we yep. are, we are. And, uh. Welcome aboard. <laughs> you, don't really, you really don't like that start. Well, I'm going to keep doing it just to annoy you. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about assertiveness today. We are. We're up in the Northern Territory again in Darwin. Here for you, uh, you have a few clients you're teaching this week. And yep. one of them you're teaching to how to develop assertiveness. Yeah, yeah. I ran that course the other day and uh, I love that course. It's um it's an eye-opener for a lot of people because it certainly was an eye-opener for me. Yeah. So, Guy, were you? I, I consider you very assertive. And have you always been assertive? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I've actively worked on for a long, long time. Uh, I know I've joked with you in the past that I grew up a shy, sensitive, insecure little sook. I'm still a sook. I cry in movies, but uh, I'm not shy or sensitive anymore. And uh, I worked on my confidence and... I noticed that as my confidence was growing, that um, so was my assertiveness. They don't, they're, they're related, but they're not the same thing. Um, yeah. But it's something, no, I've actively worked on myself. What about you? You're, you're quite assertive now. Have you always been assertive? Oh, definitely not. I was um, tall and shy and awkward and definitely not assertive. I would, I would let things go. I would step back. I would try and um, blend hide, blend, blend in, definitely. Yes, not assertive, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the same as me. I, I tried to blend in rather than be seen. And um, no, I, I certainly had to work on my assertiveness. Guy, how would you define assertiveness then? Um, I think it's always useful to define what it's not first rather than what it is. Yeah. A lot of people see assertiveness as pushy or forceful, but it's absolutely not. So is that more aggressive? It is more aggressive. So yeah. I'll take you back to um, childhood. Actually, no, you're a parent. So I'll, I'll take you back to your kids' childhoods. Do you remember when your babies were born? If all of their worldly needs were met, so they'd been fed, they were warm, they were content, They'd just sit there drooling on themselves, wouldn't they? Yeah. I describe that as We're a very asleep. passive state. <laughs> so they're just passively accepting what's going on, right? Yeah. Uh, but when they were when they were hungry or they, you know, they're cold or scared, they change, wouldn't they? Yeah. You'd hear it from them. When, when, they'd react. They'd Absolutely. react quite out loud. And now I wouldn't call that aggression. But it's almost like they're fighting for, for something. Well, they're communicating. They're communicating in yeah. the only way they can. That's right. Yeah, through a reaction. So passive is where you don't stick up for your rights. You sit back and you just allow the world to happen the way it's happening. So it's, it's very much you're not sticking up for yourself. Yeah. So passive people sit back and just let the world happen to them. And that was very much me growing up. Aggressive people stick up for themselves. They, they fight for their right to, to party. party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, they're very much, um, no, I'm going to get what I want and they're going to do it with force. And then, and so 
um, assertiveness is different to that. Whereas assertive people stick up for themselves, but they do it whilst respecting the rights of others. Yeah. So okay. it's yeah. yeah, it's respecting your own rights. It's sticking up for your own rights whilst respecting the rights of others. So that's what assertiveness is. And then uh, then we've got the the combination of the bottom two, and I call them the bottom two because they're just reactions. To be assertive, you actually got to think before you act. So that passive is a reaction, assertive is a reaction, and then you've got passive aggressive. Oh, sorry, hold on. Aggression. I said, I said assertive. <laughs> yeah, aggression is a reaction. Yeah. But then you've got passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. What's your experience with passive aggressive? Oh, there's been some relationships, professional and personal, where there's the passive, passive aggressive sort of beha- behavior where you are, um, something is asked of you, but the tone is not. There's a uh, hidden uh, meaning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It has, it's not pleasant. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> no. It's not. And I'd hate for that to actually to be in the workplace as well. That oh, could awful. be quite toxic, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's where people have got a tone behind what they're communicating. So you can actually hear that there's an, a different message there. Yeah. Another form of passive aggressive is excluding people. Oh, that's so almost bullying, isn't it? Yeah. Isolating people from, from, a, from a group. Um, the silent treatment in relationships. Oh, my goodness, yes. Or, or it, it's, it's, indirect, it's indirect aggression. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. I, I love coffee and I'd often leave a coffee cup on the bench because I'd be using it again later to make another coffee and I always use the same cup. And I'd often hear this. Um, are you going to be using that again? <laughs> and what they were actually saying to me is, can you put that thing in the dishwasher? Because I want my house to look like a display home just in case somebody comes through the front door and judges me based on my cleanliness. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the um, stomping around the house after, you know, you've accidentally left a towel on the yeah, floor. Yeah, so and instead of the, saying, hey, yeah. you left a towel on the floor, I'm just going to stomp on my sounds <laughs> with my feet. And then you have to find out what I'm saying through my actions. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that's that's for of passive aggressive and we're all guilty of that so can i can i share with you my experience of moving from passive to unfortunately then aggressive then passive aggressive then ultimately to assertive so you've had a journey i have had a big journey so this is something i've actively worked on so have you ever stood in a queue michelle yes and someone's cut in yes how did you feel (laughs) oh Seriously, I would be in jail for the things that go through my yeah. mind while smiling, but I'm thinking <laughs> what I'm saying. going to do to you. Yes. And you kept it inside, didn't I you? I did, I did. Yeah, I was the same. So I, I would stand in a queue, somebody would cut in, and I'd be fuming inside. But being a passive person, I wouldn't say a thing. I wouldn't stick up for myself or the other people in the queue. And how long do you think that stayed with me, Michelle? Uh, well past you'd gone to, through the queue. <laughs> yeah, months, months. I'd be thinking oh, about right. this. Okay. Oh, oh, so much time later. Because I, I, I used to always regret not being able to stick up for myself, not, not being able to, you know, say, hey, th- there's a queue here. And it really annoyed me because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't so doing... was this that you were still upset about uh, someone pushing in or upset about how you reacted well, or didn't at, at react? at first I thought it was <laughs> me being upset at them, but I, but I became a little bit more self-aware and I realised I wasn't angry at them, I was angry at myself because yeah. I didn't stick up for myself. I, I didn't say what I wanted to say. So then I thought, all right, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. <laughs> and regrettably, the next thing I did is I became passive-aggressive. Normally, most people turn from passive to aggressive, then passive aggressive. But no, I went to passive aggressive. So, I uh, 
I remember standing in a queue once and somebody cut in and instead of talking to them, I spoke to the person standing behind me and I said, somebody doesn't know how to use a queue. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of talking to the actual person who's done the wrong thing, I uh, spoke to somebody behind me and I thought I did it loud enough for the other person to hear, but you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but it was ridiculous. And, <laughs> and ha have a guess how long that stayed with me. A long time also. A long time <laughs> because, again, I wasn't sticking up for myself. And at first I thought I was angry at the person who cut in but no ultimately I was angry at myself I was disappointed in myself because I didn't stick up for myself yeah and then the third the third time I, I'm now thinking right, I've, I've got to stick up for myself and I remember this time distinctly I was at Sydney airport and as you know you have to line up going through security even though you captains seem to just walk through somehow which I think that. that's a, as a great thing get you on the plane first because you're flying I think <laughs> oh no it's straight to the coffee shop oh there yeah. we go <laughs> and so I was lining up getting ready to go through security and this this guy uh, was dragging his his his, his partner his lady um under, dragging his lady yeah he had her hand no no he, right. like you know they were laughing and giggling and they almost looked like they were you know newlyweds or but they were quite old uh and uh and he was dragging her underneath the bollards and they cut in the line they they went straight to the front of the security queue in front of a whole heap of us and i don't know there's something about being at the airport and i have read that your adrenaline levels are much much higher by the time you get to the airport especially the international airport this was domestic though and so he cut under the thing and i couldn't help myself it just all came out years of holding back i yelled out hey there's a queue here get to the back of the queue and so i'm aggressively this is the first one of the first times in my entire life that i'm yelling out and the, my reaction was way bigger than what it needed to be because i think this is years and years of not sticking up for myself all coming out at once and i yelled out and uh, the guy just looked at me and smirked and said don't worry we'll all get on the plane yeah. and then he kept going and then the people around me were grumbling that, you know, because this guy is, is, is cutting the line. But have a guess how long that stayed with me. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, a, a long time. <laughs> I was furious at him because he smirked at me. But ultimately, when I sat and thought about it, I realized that I was angry at myself because I'd had an outburst. I'd let my emotion come out. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not proud of that. And so... Again, I did some work on myself, and that seems to be my whole life's journey is working on myself. I, um, I, I was lining up, actually not lining up, I was in a chocolate shop in, near my home. So near where I live, there's this beautiful chocolate shop, um, and there's no line, there's no queue. It's who's next, that sort of situation. Yeah. Right? Now, this is a Saturday, and it's a very busy chocolate shop on a Saturday, and I went in there, and I'm standing at the counter, and a few people got served ahead of me, um, that came in after me and I didn't care it's Saturday you know I'm relaxed I don't care about cues I'm gonna get my chocolates I'm gonna have a coffee life's good and I, I made a decision all right when she pops her head up behind the counter and says who's next I'm gonna say I am because you know I have been there for quite some time and then there was a lady to my left who had been there roughly about the same amount of time and people had got served ahead of her um, but she hadn't spoken up yet, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to speak up because I'm, I'm going to be next and then I'm going to say to the, the lady behind the counter that this lady next to me needs to be next because we've been here for a while. Because these young girls behind the counter, they're, they, they, they're not looking at who's coming in and when, they're just 
yeah. putting chocolate in a bag. That's anyway, it. I'm just so the lady pops her head up. The girl pops her head up and says, "Who's next?" And just as I'm about to speak, a lady who has only just walked into the shop barged through the crowd, come to the front. She's gone. I am. And <laughs> and everyone's kind of looked at it as if to say, you just walked in. And so I couldn't help myself. Actually, sorry, I shouldn't say I couldn't help myself. I did help myself. I looked at the girl behind the counter and said, oh, I'm sorry, I was actually next. Um, I've been here for quite, quite some time. And I looked at the lady next to me who barged in and I said, um, I'm so sorry, but you've only just come in. We've all been here for quite some time, so I'm going to go next. Anyway, I looked at the young girl behind the counter and she's frozen. She's yeah. looking at me and I said, oh, look, I'm so sorry. I have been here for some time and this lady's only just walked in. Can I please have... And I started to point out my chocolates. And when I did this, the lady next to me is now starting to bark at me and, oh, you know, what are you doing? You know, so how dare you sort of treat me like that? And so I, I looked at her and I said, um, I am sorry, but I was next. You've only just come into the shop. I'm going to order my chocolates and I'm going to leave. And I looked at the lady behind the, the little, the, I shouldn't say little, the young girl, behind, young lady behind the counter. And I said, and this lady next to me on my left, she's next because she's also been here some time. So I'm so sorry. Can I please have two of those, two of those, two of those? And she's getting my chocolates. Meanwhile, the lady who's barged in is still having a go at me. Anyway, so I, I got my chocolates, I paid for them, and I said to, said to the lady behind the counter, I said, can you please serve this lady to my left? She's been here for quite some time as well. And she's looking at me going, oh, thank you, thank you, because <laughs> she couldn't speak up for herself. Yeah. And so I grabbed my chocolates and I left the store. But that lady who had budged in followed me out onto the pavement. Oh, my and goodness. And started to have a go at me. And I just stood there looking at her calmly, and you know, she was ranting and raving. Um, I can't even remember exactly what she was saying. Things like, how rude, how dare you, I can't believe, all these sort of uh, statements. And so I just looked at her and I said, I'm not quite sure what this is about because you only just walked in and I had been there for some time, so I'm just going to walk away now. So I walked away and a voice was following me down the street. And eventually the voice disappeared and I went home and I had my chocolates and my coffee. How long do you think that stayed with me? Um, oh... I, I don't know. It's, me, I probably would have been upset that this woman was upset at me. No, it was gone. Ah. It disappeared. It disappeared out of my mind. And it didn't come back up until a while back, a while later, I should say, I was writing the assertiveness course. Ah, Because okay. I, was, I was, one of my clients said, Guy, do you teach assertiveness? And I said, I will in about a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I always do, I go to the bookstore and I buy every book I can. I, and I, I read and read and read and read and read. And, and then I bring in all of the other content I had around confidence, etc., etc. And I built this workshop. And whilst I'm building this workshop, the chocolate story came back to me and I thought, I finally got there. And that was the day that I got there. I finally reached assertiveness where... I stuck up for myself whilst respecting the rights of others. I said what I mean, but I didn't say it mean. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah, yep. say what you mean, but don't, don't say, say it say mean. mean. I can't tell you where that quote comes from either. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Do you want to know? Yeah. It comes from the Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wasn't watching it. <laughs> you said that it wasn't you that watched it. It, it wasn't me that watched it. Somebody that I, I used to be in a relationship with watched it and, and <laughs> she, she mentioned to me that quote. And I thought, oh, I love that quote. Where'd that come from? She said, the Housewives of Beverly Hills. I said, oh, I can't quote that show. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, anyway, so that's so that's my journey on becoming assertiveness. Assertiveness is where you stick up for your rights whilst respecting the rights of others. So Michelle, have you ever had a situation where you needed to be assertive as a pilot? I have. I was a new first officer in an airline. I'd just passed my probation. Yep. And we were flying the red eye from Perth back to oh, Sydney. Oh, the midnight horror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah horrible um, landing just I've as the sun's that rising. That's right. And it was regarding fuel. Hmm. So typically the captain and the first officer each come up with their own fuel calculations. And you do that separately? We do. Yep. And then the captain makes the ultimate decision. Yeah. And my fuel was almost double that of the captain on so this So your calculations flight. were double his. Yeah, but I... That's I, a big difference. There is a big difference, but I also understood I was fairly green yeah. and erred on the side of caution more mm. so. However, there, when I... Uh, put my case forward. As and why, to why, why were you estimating a double the fuel? Because there was going to be, in my my observation of the significant weather chart, there was going to be fog in Sydney. Oh, okay. So you're reading the weather patterns. Yeah, yeah, which and he then, did too. Okay, so then you're determining that you probably need some extra fuel if it fogs in. Yes. Okay. Yes, either to get somewhere else or to hold until we could do an instrument approach. So a contingency Sydney. of fuel. Yes. Yep. But the flight plan that was attached to uh, the weather, sorry, that was attached to the flight plan did not have any indication of fog. Okay, so you're using your experience and knowledge of the weather to predict that this is possible it might happen. Yeah, Okay. yeah. And he just didn't want to, he said, no, there's no requirement. It's not on the weather forecast. We're mm. just taking my fuel. Okay. And again, I could... I re-looked at it and I thought, no, this is... I'm not comfortable at all with this. And... And you're it, new. You're, I am. Yeah. I am new. And okay. I didn't want to cause waves. However, it was a safety issue. And I thought, I have to speak up. So I said, I'm not happy to go with your flight fuel. Yeah. And he rightly said, I'm the captain. And if you're not happy with it, you can remove yourself. Mm. So uh, a little backwards and forwards in my head about, oh, I'm going to upset people, but I just don't feel right about this. Mm. I shook his hand and removed myself from the flight. And, and he shook your hand back? He did, okay. he did, yeah. yeah. So um, I then had to call crewing yeah. and let them know. And they they um, called back with their duty pilot and he said to me, get back on, they'll take your fuel. And I said, well, I'm actually, well, he told me to take my fuel. I said, I'm actually removed myself from the aircraft. He rang the captain the captain said, okay, we'll take your fuel. Now... So you stood your ground. I did. And you got some backup from... I did. Okay, yep. Yeah, so the company's never going to um, a safety issue, yep. of course. Yeah. So um, then, you know, the flight, uh, we took off with the fuel that I wanted and yeah. we 200 miles out of Sydney, we get a hazard alert warning over the air traffic control and there's fog. Yeah. So there was no um, I told you so or anything. It was just we had the fuel. Yeah. And we came in behind... Uh, Qantas aircraft and they were the first ones in that morning so mm -hmm. we were the second aircraft in it was just okay. nice to have that reassurance that we could bug out and go to another airport so you had enough fuel to bug out if you couldn't land yes but we did hear other aircraft didn't have enough fuel and they had to land in Newcastle and oh wow yeah okay so you stood up for yourself yes you did it in a respectful way yeah um, you respected his rights but you yeah you were assertive Years later, I flew with that captain and 
I know he respected me and my knowledge and knowing that I would speak up if there was something that I didn't see that was, mm. that was wrong. And that's the thing. Right. That's the fear that you have that you're going to be damaging the relationship when you do speak up for yourself. But as you've just pointed out, people will respect you if you do it in an assertive way rather than an aggressive way. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Especially if it turns out to be true. Yeah. Yes. Lovely story. There were times all through the training where we were trained, encouraged, uh, almost mandated to be assertive. So communication is a big thing in aviation, whether you're single crew, so you're flying by yourself, uh, you've got passengers you need to talk to, talking to air traffic control, talking to everybody, the refueler, etc. everyone. So if because it is very much a safety uh, issue, if there's anything that is outside of the parameters of safety or outside your parameters that you require, you must speak up. And unfortunately, we've seen on shows like Air Crash Investigations and it used to be Black Box Series on the ABC, where a lot of um, accidents and incidents in aircraft were because one or both didn't speak up. So communication issues between the pilot and the Absolutely, and And it's so important. So I think I remember reading this in a book called Freakonomics. Have you heard of that book? I have. You've spoken of it. Yeah, sorry, I have to. Um, It's it's basically where the the co-pilot, do they call them? Co-pilots and first officers, or is oh, that interchangeable? Interchangeable. Interchangeable. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the first officer or the co-pilot didn't have assertiveness, so therefore was quite passive uh, culturally. Yes. They were quite passive, and so they didn't speak up when things were going wrong, and that led to a lot of um, crashes. Oh, look, that uh, culture is a, um, a big issue as far as assertiveness goes. Mm. I was training some students, uh, international students. I remember when I was coming through the ranks building hours and I was a flight instructor. There were some students who could fly very well if you told them exactly what to do. But if anything outside of that came in, they were unable to um, process it. So I recall one time I'd sent this student first solo and I was sitting on the scare chair, which is the chair down next to the runway, and looking at my student thinking, okay, just doing one circuit, so a takeoff, upwind, crosswind, downwind, base, and final to land, and then pick me up. That was the instruction. He knew what to do. Except every time he came, turned on to final, he then went around, so he didn't land. He continued upwind, climbed up again, are you in communication with him? I'm not. You're I not. didn't okay. have a radio with yeah. me. But I, every time... So he did this three times and I'm starting to get a bit worried here. Like, I'm proud of him for um, feeling that he he wasn't in a good place to land. So yeah. rather than, you know, the safe thing is to stay in the air. But I'm now thinking, okay, something's something's happening here. So I rang on my mobile the control tower and, and ask what's happening with that aircraft <laughs> my yeah. students first solo which they knew and they said we're asking him to follow the Cherokee which is a uh, Piper aircraft a nickname for a Piper aircraft a Cherokee and he said that he couldn't see it now actually sorry he didn't say he couldn't see it he just didn't answer and then his next 
uh, communication would be going around. So that was all that he was saying, going, going, around, around, going around, going around, which is when he'd climb up again, upwind, and continue back in the circuit. Yeah. I, I did ask the tower, can you please make him land, uh, give him clearance to land? And so... And, and, you know, keep other traffic away from him. He did land on that, that circuit and picked me up. We went back to the flying school and then I, we sat down and debriefed. And I said to him, what was the problem? Why did you not feel that you could land on those? And he said, they kept asking me to follow the turkey. <laughs> the turkey. <laughs> and rather than say he couldn't see it or he didn't know what they were talking about, he just oh, he didn't, didn't speak say. up. He didn't have the assertiveness to That's right. speak up. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, rather than, and he was trying to save face and he didn't feel confident in yeah. speaking up. Yeah. So that was great. That was a, a good lesson for me as well. So as far as the cultural differences, uh, language also, and um, yeah, just how to deal with um, training or developing assertiveness in my students mm. when I was training. Mm. We are very lucky in Australia that our culture mm. allows us to speak up and become assertive mm. and, um, and do it within guidelines. Yeah. So, whereas other cultures, as we've discussed, yeah. do not. Yeah. On culture, I, I've had an experience as a trainer that I often get asked to go overseas and train uh, large corporates around the world. And I've been to some cultures where education is very different from an assertive perspective. So in Australia, if I say something and one of my students doesn't understand what I'm saying, they'll, they'll just say, so can you explain that? Um, can you go a bit deeper? I'll ask a question, does that make sense? And if it doesn't, they'll go, no, nah, not really. And I'll explain it again. And I ask a lot of questions. And so in, in Australia, when I'm training, I'm very interactive with the audience because that's, that's the best way for people to learn. You ask questions, they answer them, they're engaged, they're, the hippocampus is stimulated, which is the librarian of the brain. But I go to some countries to train and they sit there mm. and they do not interact with me because that's their culture their, their culture is the opposite of being assertive so if they don't know the answer to something um, they won't ask me for more information so I often have to spend a lot of time saying hey this is the way I train I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to ask you to guess at the answers because this is the way your brain will actually remember things but quite often they'll sit there they'll nod their head as if they're getting it but they don't get it and mm. they don't have the culture and I've found out what it is, they're actually being very respectful, probably too respectful. But I, I, if I ask a question and they don't know the answer, um, the reason why they won't say I don't know is because I guess it's saving face. But the other reason why they won't answer is if they don't know the answer, it's the same as them saying to me that I'm a bad trainer. Mm. So it's disrespectful to me. Yes. Which I found lovely, respectful, but. From a learning perspective, it's too respectful. I think some cultures can go too far. I've seen your your courses. I've sat in some of your courses, and I see that the feedback and the interaction actually fuels you as well. Oh, it does. Yeah. If if I'm not getting anything back from the audience, it's mm. oh, it's a big energy drain out of me. It's like I don't like just pushing information at people. I like asking questions, getting them to think, bring in their knowledge, bring in their context, and then when you deliver the new information, that's how that's how our brain learns. Mm. Our brain doesn't learn through rote learning it's it's not designed to just learn through rote learning because you're not 
learning how to think. Mm. And so, yeah. So our times tables when we were young. Oh, no, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that a thousand times and mm. you will have it. <laughs> yeah, so culturally assertiveness is, is, uh, is different. So, Guy, circling back to passiveness and aggression and passive aggress- aggressiveness, how does that relate to confidence? So, as, as we spoke about in our other podcast on confidence, confidence is when you stop fearing the judgment of other people. So, they're all very closely related to confidence. So, when you're passive, like I was as a young man, it's because I feared other people's judgment. I didn't speak up for myself because I was fearing other people. And so passiveness is very closely related to insecurity. You don't speak up for yourself because you're fearing whatever the consequences are in that situation. Aggressiveness, um, I guess you could say an aggressive person has started to be a bit more confident because they're confident enough to speak up for themselves. But there's also an insecurity there. It's like they can't control their emotions. They're getting angry. They're letting their anger come out. Mm. And they're also... Uh, devoid of empathy and compassion for other people because we all have a right to not be yelled at not 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 to have somebody unleashing their emotional tirades at us and so uh, a person who is being aggressive it might appear as more confident but really they're not as confident as what they could be because they, they don't need to suppress and uh, you know emotionally abuse other people and then Moving to passive-aggressive. Now, passive-aggressive kind of appears a little bit more respectful, I guess, because you're holding the aggression back. But again, it's somebody who is indirectly aggressive and therefore that's related to insecurity as well. They don't have confidence. And so ultimately, assertive people are confident. They don't fear the judgment of other people when they're speaking up for themselves, but they've also got a healthy dose of respect and empathy for others, which means that they can say what they want to say and respect the other person at the same time so and that that comes from a a, a deep-seated level of confidence where where and empathy because when you're when you're a confident person you will also start to develop empathy for others because it moves away from arrogance Mm. there's also i'd imagine that there needs to be a feeling of psychological safety because if somebody is being assertive the, whilst you said there's confidence and it's not fearing the judgment of others, mm-hmm. there's also, if it's in a career or a work situation, that there is no recourse. So yeah. by speaking up and potentially what you were talking about with some of these other um, carriers that you read in that book mm-hmm. that you were talking about, the fact that um, if they spoke up and were assertive about something that was wrong, that potentially they would lose their job. Mm, yeah, and, and you see that a lot in workplaces where people don't speak up because they fear the consequences. They might have a manager who's a bit of a tyrant and has an ego and is also very, very insecure. So they, they, they tend to micromanage, they tend to not give people a voice, which then, like you said before, would lead to a lack of psychological safety in that sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess ultimately we should all be aiming for assertiveness. We should all be aiming to be able to stick up for ourselves whilst respect the rights of others. And it's, it's a conscious thing. It takes, it takes time. It took me years to develop 
assertiveness. It took practice. It took uh, overcoming fears. And I, I, I coined a term many years ago called life university. I think life is, um, I, I think we're going to have a whole podcast on this topic, but life is going to throw challenges at you. And at the end of every day, I like to sit down and think about who I was on that day, how I behaved and how I reacted. So did I, did I behave in an assertive way? Did I behave in an aggressive way? Was I passive aggressive? Was I passive? Did I sit back? And, and not every situation is going to require um, assertiveness. We had, a, we had a, a meal the other day. Do you recall the, the steak meal that we had the other day? Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it wasn't. <laughs> so it wasn't. Uh, the best. It wasn't as well, yours you, was. Mine though. was perfect. You you had this steak and it was absolutely sensational. I I think my steak uh, may have even cost more, and it came out. It was the toughest, leatheriest, most awful steak I've ever had. But we both sat there and looked at each other and decided, no, we're not going to say anything during the meal. And can you remember why we said that? Because we were scared of what the chef would do <laughs> to the meal. Yeah, because we could have been assertive in that. I could have been assertive in that moment. I could have said to the young waitress, I could have said, hey, um, I'm really sorry, this steak, it's, it's, it's beyond well done. I like medium rare steak and, and it's beyond well done. And uh, it's, it's almost impossible to cut through. I could have said that <laughs> politely to her. But the problem is when she goes back into the kitchen, we don't know what her translation is going to be to the chef who then from our experiences and knowledge about the uh, some people who work in the food industry, not all, but they tend to, they, they can be a little bit, uh, I guess, What's the word? Hurt? Their emotions can yeah, be hurt. I worked, I worked in a, a restaurant when I was at uni and, yeah, anyone who dared to send anything back, what the chefs did, it was disgusting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so there are times to be assertive. There are times to be passive. Sometimes you need to, need to let life just... <laughs> pick your battles. Cards. I think yeah. it's pick your battles. Pick your battles, <laughs> yeah. Pick your time. But ultimately, it's, it's something we should all be aiming for, to be assertive so that we can stick up for ourselves, we can, res- we can uh, stick up for our rights whilst respecting the rights of others. Fantastic. So what you are saying as a tip for anybody who's wanting to become more assertive or, or develop their assertiveness is to do that life university. So to, at the end of the day, rehash and then maybe rewrite how yes. you did it. Yeah, rewrite. That's a great term. So you look at how you behave during the day, identify the areas where you possibly weren't assertive. You didn't stick up for yourself you, or maybe you were aggressive. You Maybe you were passive aggressive, whatever it was, and rewrite it in your head so that next time you're in that same situation you improve so back when I was in that queue and people were jumping in and I became aggressive then passive aggressive that wasn't based on me planning that was based on me being angry angry that I didn't stick up for myself but over time I developed this this little um, I guess routine that at the end of every day I look through the day how did I go today was I the sort of person I want to be was I was I assertive was I respectful and uh, and I, I plan for what I will do in the same situation if that same situation happens again in the future Probably about 10 years ago, there was a, an incident into an Asian uh, port and it was an Asian carrier. The first officer was this tiny um, girl and the captain was a very senior, well-respected um, pilot mm-hmm. and she was flying with him and on final, 
uh, approach to land, he had a heart attack wow. and his hands were clasped on the, uh, like the throttles. And he was, they were going below glide slope and she did the calls, but he was not responding. And he wouldn't, he couldn't let go of the thrust levers and, and control column. she wouldn't have known that. Well, she was looking at him and the only way, and, and like kudos to her, she's amazing, this girl, and I hope she's still flying. She got her pen out of her pocket and stabbed the back of his hand and just the natural reaction was for him to unclasp and then she was able to take control. But oh, wow. I know. So, so he's having a heart attack, he's gripping the control. Yes. I guess she's recognised that something's wrong. Yeah, well, he just wouldn't listen or respond he wouldn't respond yeah so she stabs him with her pen that's right so and imagine saves everyone on the plane that's right but imagine how much it would have go like gone against her whole upbringing yeah to do that not only um imply that there was disrespect that he didn't know what he was doing yeah. but to harm him yeah. in order to save everyone oh kudos to her yeah you imagine yeah well wow mm. being on that plane and not knowing that up the front there's that's a, a, it. a, 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 a how, was she an experienced pilot? No, she was so only a young, young female pilot, tiny in, a, in, in stature, in a, in a culture where you need to respect That's right. people with experience. She's grabbed a pen, stabbed him in the back of his hand, so that he'd release the column and then she could take over. Yes. What a wonderful story about assertiveness to finish this podcast. Yes. Thank you for sharing, Michelle. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. I enjoyed that podcast. It was good. It's a little longer than our normal ones. Yes, but, uh, yes. As, as you were reminded, people can just pause. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, how do we finish these off again? Um, we think the world will be a better place when there's more dogs. That's it. And more great coffee. And great coffee. <laughs> okay. And Bollinger still hasn't uh, yeah, we're still contacted us Bollinger. for that. Bollinger, look, we're waiting. We, we need a sponsor and we chose you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> You're such a clown. The clown. Captain. Lady Captain. <laughs> and who's going to listen to this? Maybe our mums. Thanks, mum. Thanks, mum.